Welcome to Face Your Faith. We hope this topic study will help you grow deeply in your relationship with God, to be fearless in your faith, and to present others the Word of God in freedom and in peace. Our topic today is on being satisfied. I know for me personally, and many I associate with, if not everyone, we are generally quite dissatisfied with so many things in our lives, past and present. So what does it mean to be satisfied? And just what are we supposed to be satisfied with in life? Most importantly, what does God tell us in his word in how we are to be satisfied in all things? As always, let's look at our dictionary definition. And the dictionary says of satisfaction, pleased or content with what has been experienced or received. And the second definition is paid in full. In other words, to satisfy a debt. And that is quite a remarkable piece of the definition because that is exactly what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. He paid the price for our sin in full. Now let's jump right in and see what God's word has to say about all this. And we're going to start in Ephesians 1, 7. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And here we have received and experienced everything that we are to be fully pleased with and perfectly content in. And was the debt satisfied by his death? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6.20. For you were bought with a price. So we see in all that has been done through Jesus, it allows us to live fully satisfied in all things and in all ways. What more could we ask for? How much more satisfaction could we ever find or get or have than knowing we have eternity and perfection if we have accepted this flawless, fully paid, eternal insurance policy? With that, let's also take a look at the definition of contentment, which says, feeling or showing satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or situation. And this takes us still more deeply into understanding God's word and his desire for our lives in all things. For a more clear picture of this, let's look at Hebrews 13:5. It says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he, Jesus, has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals, nothing more than people, do to me? I love Eugene Peterson's translation from the message on this passage. Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed, at peace, satisfied with what you have. Since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off, and leave you. We can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what can get to me? Let's continue. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 9. Now there is a great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. 
Isn't it interesting that this passage takes us back to money, stuff, acquiring, possessions, things of this world, temporary things that are only capable of giving temporary pleasure. Again, we see that those who are not satisfied with what God has given them will fall into temptation, into a snare, and into many senseless and harmful desires that will plunge us into ruin and destruction. That's a pretty profound and explicit warning and beautiful word picture of what we will face when we are not satisfied. Moving on, 2 Corinthians 12.10, Paul tells us, A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content. I'm satisfied with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm going to go back to Eugene Peterson's The Message for another good translation from our original passage that I just read from the ESV or English Standard Version. Peterson says, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he, God, told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. God's strength comes into its own in our weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I can take limitations in stride, and with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. How rich is that? These few sentences alone could easily be the entirety of our study. In fact, this could be our focus for the next six months. Doesn't this sum up exactly who God is, how God leads, and how we always want more or less depending on our desires and feelings at that given moment? Isn't it also great to see, however, that when we focus on God, when we get out of the way and let God do His great work in us, we clearly see that the thorn or handicap in our lives is a blessing, a huge blessing. It is also very important to recognize that this weakness is not a pathetic kind of weakness. Rather, it is a weakening of our agenda, our motives, our ideas, our thoughts, our fears, anxieties, worries, to allow God to fill us up with the right kind of strength, His strength through us. I know for me personally, I have begged God just like Paul and certainly more than once to remove my thorns, handicaps, and whatever else you choose to call them. And God has repeated the same line to me as he did Paul. West, my grace is sufficient. As Peterson put it, my strength comes into its own in your weakness. 
And because I often refuse to see the need to be weak, which again means getting out of the way and being content, God allows just the right thorns into my life to keep me humble and yet very strong. I know for a fact that if I were allowed to run my life on my terms, I would be an absolutely arrogant, repugnant individual that few people would like and would certainly be completely useless to God and very likely to everyone else as well. Ironically, as I was typing this last sentence and came to the word repugnant, my computer gave me an option for an emoji and that of the green-faced vomiting emoji. How amazingly and absolutely fitting. Never in my life have I ever enjoyed autocorrect and word slash emoji suggestions as much as this moment. But that emoji is exactly who I am and what I look like when I am not content and satisfied with everything God has given me. And I am ultimately vomiting my displeasure of God's gifts to me before my fellow humans. And yes, that's disgusting. So it is that God does not want me to be covered in vomit and revolting to the world and in his presence. He wants me to be whole and focused, focused on him, giving him the praise, honor, and glory, not me soaking up the accolades. Let's continue with more from Paul in his letter to the Galatians. Galatians 5.24, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In addition, we'll look at 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In other words, no more vomiting dissatisfaction. Again, we are clearly shown that we must be satisfied with exactly what God has given us in the newness of our life in Christ when we receive him as Lord and Savior. Paul points out we are a new creation if we are in Christ, and the self-satisfied, world-driven, world-satisfied life is gone. We are to do our very best not to honor that life any longer and be fully satisfied with the new life from Christ. And notice so far we have not read one passage that indicates we as believers will have it easy in any way. No promise of that whatsoever. It is a second-to-second, minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour struggle, but a struggle that God wants us to respect Him for, to grow in Him, and share that growth with others. Continuing in Philippians 4, 11, 13, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. Again, how amazing, true, and perfectly relevant these words are in 2021 that Paul spoke so many centuries ago. Another flawless summary of how to be satisfied fully in God. Now let's dig into worldly satisfaction or dissatisfaction or discontentment with God for what he's given us. Things that we think we deserve and crave and the things that we saw earlier that ultimately cause us to plummet into misery and destruction. 
Let's reread 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 9. Now there is a great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless, harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And to that we will add 1 John 2.16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. Now let's look at the definition of discontent. And the dictionary says, it is a lack of satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or situation. Another perfect description of everything we are hearing directly from God through the various passages we have read. How many times does someone ask us about something we do or have, and we all too often respond with, well, I guess it's okay. It could certainly be a lot better. If this, if that. And again, there is our emoji face before the world. Let's continue. 2 Corinthians 8.15 Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And this passage shows us that there is a discipline in taking action on how not to be dissatisfied. This is a practice. At least for me, setting my mind on things above is what I truly desire and know is good and right and God-honoring. But setting my mind on earthly things is so much more fun at the moment. But in the end, it's truly valueless, if not regretful. The desires of my flesh and eyes have gotten me into so much trouble. And with as many people as I counsel, I know for a fact I am not alone in that battle and with that thorn in the flesh. But how can I change? Trust God and trusting in God is being completely satisfied in Him. It removes all discontentment and dissatisfaction of being self-satisfied. Moving on, David fills us in with a little different perspective in Psalm 37, 16 through 17. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Perhaps that's not what we want to really hear. I don't want to have little. I want to have what the world has or says I should have. I want to fit in and have people admire me and my stuff, but I also don't want my arms broken, and I really do want the Lord to uphold me. Oh, the conflict. It's miserable, at least it is for me. Of course, that's my opinion, but if I am facing conflict and I'm miserable, this is an absolute indication that I am not fully satisfied in what I have been given by God. And why? Because I want more, as I said, to feel relevant. We as Christians, however, are not called to be relevant, satisfied by the world. We are called to be righteous, satisfied in Christ, and be an example completely set apart from this world. So this Christmas, let's find perfect satisfaction in what we have been given. A gift so amazing, so divine, it demands my life, my soul, my all. And with that, we will far more willingly accept the thorns in the flesh, the handicap that keeps us from the absolute 
destruction. Proverbs 16, 18 through 19, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Do you truly desire to honor God? Are you okay being lowly in spirit with the poor? Are you accepting of being weak with a handicap? Will you be satisfied with exactly what you have right now and no more? This is exceptionally hard and challenging, and the devil is not going to leave any of us alone on this matter until the day we die. But nonetheless, God is not going to let us off the hook if we do not strive to live for him. Let us then be satisfied in knowing that God did something absolutely amazing for us if we want it. And here is the best Christmas gift of all time. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we come full circle, keeping our eye on the prize, Christ Jesus, fully God, fully man, and being satisfied in what we have been given and what we are to receive. So where is your heart today? Satisfied with the world or satisfied with God? Let's close with this from Matthew 6, 19, 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Are you satisfied? Let's pray. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, wonderful Counselor, we come to you with humble hearts. You have given us more than we need, and yet we are still so dissatisfied. You give us your own Son, Jesus the Christ, born just to die a hideous death for us. Help us to remember that this Christmas season is not about us. It is about you and only you. Help us to be satisfied with the gift of nothing more than a Savior. Forgive us for our lusts, our greed, our dissatisfaction, and for the love of this world. We thank you for doing what no other has done or can do. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Face Your Faith is now on Facebook and coming up in 2022, I will be launching a blog on various topics that many have questions about with regard to the Bible, God, the Trinity, prayer, and much more. Please also pass these studies on to your friends, family, and coworkers if they are helping you grow in your faith. If you are joining us by podcast, please visit our website at faceyourfaith.com for more information and resources.